Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The Baltimore Orioles snapped a 19-game losing streak last night, but let's not laugh at their misfortune. Let's have the guts to relive the worst sports years of our lives, shall we? Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Congratulations to you Orioles fans that still admit to being Orioles fans. You snapped your 19-game losing streak. Far and away, the worst modern team in sports. But I'm not going to let you guys point and laugh at the Orioles without reliving your own sports nightmares. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. It's a Thursday edition, and we're on a field trip today on ESPN 106.3. Well, at least I am. Coquel is in the Anna John Levine Action Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off the overcast and still steamy intracoastal. Uh, I am at the Baptist Health Training Complex, the new Dolphins practice facility as we wrap up training camp. This is the final day of open practice because the Dolphins are flying tomorrow, going to Cincinnati for their final preseason game against the Bengals. And then it's big boy in-season practice starting next week whenever Brian Flores decides that he's going to get him back out onto the field with the two weeks off between preseason and the first game. Uh, but big news here just a couple of minutes ago, Coquel, and it's almost as if Brian Flores and I are on the same wavelength. It's almost as if we have a connection. Tua Tungavailoa will not play. He will rest and he will get himself fresh and right for the opener against New England on September 12th. And I say, Coach Flo, right decision. Did Coach Flo come over and check with you first? Is this how this all went down? No, no, that 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 did not take place, though. That would be uh, extremely badass. In fact, I didn't have any connection with him. I'm just assuming that he listens to the show on a regular basis. Oh, for sure. And you can hear the feed now, right? You can hear me because we went over the air with you saying you couldn't oh, good. hear the feed. Awesome. So that was good. Awesome, good. I'm glad that that was the start. Until you're ready, Ken. I will tell you when to talk, okay? Let's just get that out there. (laughs) I'm putting that all in. It's not because I hit the wrong buttons. It's because you talk. Okay. Here, let's reenact that. Let's reenact that. Hold on. I can't hear anything. There, is that good? (laughs) I can't. I don't have the feet. Was that a good reenactment? That was good. That was good. So off to a good start. Me pushing buttons, maybe not a good idea. Where's Joe Rigotti? (laughs) <laughs> we need Captain Competence in here. So I am at uh, Dolphins training camp. Again, final day before everybody heads to Cincinnati for uh, the final preseason game. Uh, and uh, I, I want to talk about being sucky. Now, this show, right. Monday through Friday <laughs> at noon. For it. Yeah, we're, we're sucky. So if there's anybody that knows something about suck, it's myself and Coquel. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles... They really suck. I mean, they are an abject, terrifying disaster. They lost 19 in a row before last night. They finally snapped a 19-game skid, beating the Angels 10-6. to Imagine what that clubhouse has to feel like after finally getting that weight lifted off of their shoulders. Finally being able to press the reset button. Coquel, they are 39 and 86. They are damn near 50 games under 500. And we still have a couple of months of the season left to go. That's bad. And that had to feel, you know, when you know you're bad and you have that one fleeting moment of happiness, that's got to feel so satisfying. Didn't you see the other day, though, they did the, the Kyrie Irving and they did Sage all across the, the field, and it clearly paid off. They should have done that earlier. You just start doing weird stuff when things are going so terribly. And it reminds me, though, being here at the Dolphins Complex, it reminds me of 2007. That miserable Cam Cameron season, 1-15. in 15. The win over the Ravens was like the Dolphins won the Super Bowl at home. The overtime touchdown catch by Greg Camarillo. I mean, the stadium was a quarter full at that point. Nobody was going to games anymore. The team was god-awful. You knew they were going to get the number one overall pick, but it was such an exhale. It was such a release of pent-up anger and frustration to see Camarillo sprint into the end zone and the Dolphins win, but that was far and away for me since coming down here to South Florida, the most miserable season, because 
there was incompetence all over the place. Cam Cameron had no idea what he was doing. The players knew Cam Cameron had no idea what he was doing, and uh, they openly disliked him. There was no execution on the field, and it was just a slog. It was a death march to the finish. You couldn't wait for the season to be over, and that is the hallmark. That is the hallmark of a terrible sports fan season when you as the fan don't look forward to Sundays or look forward to game night or game day. You don't look forward to the tailgate. You don't look forward to spending time with your family and sharing that sports experience. You just want it to be done. The 2007 Dolphins were the epitome of my South Florida miserable, miserable season where I was just counting the seconds until that epic trash bag was finally taken to the curb. Yeah, I lived through the Jets 96, 97 years. I graduated high school in 97. Is that Cotite? That was no. This was what's it called? It was the one in fifteen and three in thirteen years, and then Parcells came around. Yeah. So like those were the worst years you would think in my life, right? Yeah. These past two years under Adam Gaze, much worse. Last year's two and fourteen, and even the seven nine, it just didn't seem like they were trying to win, and that was the problem. At least those terrible Jets teams, they were like scrappy and attempted to win. Last year, <laughs> it seemed like management didn't even want them to win. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one, and it's really hard to back a team and show support for a team. I know you want to show support for individual players, but when you have a guy like Adam Gase that uh, basically had openly mailed it in, that makes it really difficult. So the Orioles, bad. They snap a 19-game losing streak. I want to talk about worst sports fan years because for me 2007 Dolphins that was a a six and a half month headache for Coquel the last two years under Gase you picked the year I think you could probably start it, all of this that started with uh Sam Darnold mono and then things were never uh, ever the same with the Jets he's gonna he's gonna go with the Jets of 2019 over the Cotite years that's how bad the Gase years were and I know Dolphins fans can sympathize so I ask you, what was your worst year as a sports fan? What was your worst sports fan year? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us, at ESPN West Palm, your worst sports fan year, because I'll be damned if I'm going to sit here and let all of you, baseball fans especially, make fun of the Orioles. I'm just not going to do it, because you have all gone through something miserable in your sports fan life. Now, Let me turn this around a little bit, too, because I think you can have winning seasons and still have it be the worst sports fan moment or or sports fan year of your life. Because when the White Sox won the World Series in 2005, that was the ultimate high. They were the favorites to go back to the World Series, to win the pennant again in 2006. They won over 100 games that year in 2006 and still didn't make the playoffs because the Indians would not stop winning. It was so frustrating. The The White Sox never won more than four in a row that season. They lost some critical games down the stretch, and they were really successful. They were really good, and they still didn't make the postseason. And I was so frustrated And as things faded in the final two weeks of the season and the White Sox fell from two back to three back to four back to five back. Then you just throw your hands up and you say, be done with it. I don't even want to think about it anymore because you, you think about what could have been. You go back to all of the moments that could have turn the season you had such expectations and to not even go back to the playoffs after what I would have killed for five or six years prior as a White Sox season that hurt that hurt an awful 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 lot so I think that also can be in the conversation as well but worst sports fan year of your life 888-760-3776 888-760-3776 Coquel I cannot believe that you put the Adam Gase years over the Rich Kotite years like the Rich Kotite years weren't even competitive like they they were the laughing stock of the league yeah but it felt like they were trying like the guys on the team at least the roster felt like they were trying this past year, just I couldn't even watch. I ended up watching the Ravens games. It reminds me, and we're going to do some hockey talk right now, of my stopping of being an Islander fan. Because okay. once ownership stopped putting a real team out there and stopped actually fixing the arena and just wanted to lose, how do you root for a team that you know wants to lose? I think the Marlins fans go through that a lot. Well, the Marlins are an interesting case study because 
I get the sense they have the two championships, but I get the sense from Marlins fans uh, that it's just sort of they're sort of numb to it by this point. Like they had a little bit of fun last year with the expanded playoffs. They got in, they beat the Cubs. That was a really good moment. But if it was a regular year, they would not have gotten into the uh, the, the postseason. And so this year, they're back where they typically are, and that is struggling. That is wallowing 15, 16, 17 games below 500. Uh, it, it's just sort of a hey. That's us. That's the Marlins. That's the state of the franchise. And that sucks in and of itself. That's that, that, that feels badly for a different reason because you know you're just stuck in neutral. But I don't think that any of these past few seasons you can actually feel miserable because Marlins fans, you just sort of know what you are. You have to be uh, impossibly terrible to watch or fall woefully short of expectations for it to be the worst sports fan year. I mean, I would put the 94 strike year in baseball right up there for me, where the White Sox are in first place, look like Uh. they're on a collision course with the Yankees uh, in the American League Championship Series, look like whoever won that was going to beat the Expos in uh, in the World Series, and the the 94 strike to not even finish that season with so much unfinished business, I still hate it hate that year and hate thinking about that baseball season. Derailed Pat Kelly's career. Oh, my Pat Kelly second Your baseman thing with for the Pat Yankees. Kelly, I didn't know about it until a week ago, and the more I think about it, the more weird it actually is. Oh, he was batting 300 that year. That was his breakout. Then the strike <laughs> happened, and he just never regained it. Oh, man. You know, I was thinking of random Orioles today uh, just because I'm like, do I know anything about the Orioles <laughs> other than, like, Cal Ripken? And for whatever reason, Mike Devereaux came to mind. Former center fielder for the Orioles, Mike Devereaux. Uh, name ends in X. I don't know why his name popped into my head. And then Brady Anderson, who randomly hit 50 home runs. Randomly? In his contract With- year during the steroid era? <laughs> okay, maybe it wasn't so <laughs> random. That was actually probably... Uh, by Brilliant. Design. Brilliant. Yeah. And then he stopped doing steroids. It was so great. I mean, He's like, all right, the doctor was probably like, hey, do this for a year. It won't really do anything worse than eating a hot dog for your body. You're fine. And then just get healthy after you cash in. Guaranteed contract. If you, if you co-cal, and this is you after, after battling COVID, this is you at your current age, not maybe in your prime health. If you right now were told, hey, you can make – Two million dollars next year. Yes. If you take X amount of steroids, would you do it? Yeah. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> You'd do the Brady Anderson. Why you wouldn't? Like what? What is the downside? No, I absolutely would. I thought maybe you would bring some wisdom to it. I'm maybe. sitting here with my head pounding right now that I don't know if I'm going to make it through the next hour anyway. Give me the two mil. I'll do some steroids. Let's go. <laughs> I'll do some steroids. Just roid me up. What was the worst sports fan year of your life? Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. On Twitter, Jordan Bensamana says the Marlins two thousand and four to present. But is that really? Is that really? Like, miserable? Is that really down in the dumps? It's pretty uh, bad. I'm a Jets fan, and it's bad. When, your team, when you know your team's not good, it's, it, it's hard. Because you want to switch teams, but then your allegiance keeps... You know how many times I've tried to be a different fan, and it just doesn't work? Yeah, no, I, I get that. I get that. But I also think that there's... If your team is just right below mediocre every single year... Like, why, why would you get caught up in that being miserable? Why would that be misery... I, I I don't quite – if you know what to expect, shouldn't you just prepare yourself for that mentally? Because you know how good it will feel. Like when the Jets finally win a Super Bowl this year, it's going to feel so good, and I'm ready for Zach the Blonde Bomber to give me that joy because after the rain comes the sun. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Yeah, I started to go joy and pain, and then I didn't want to sing, so I just found something that rhymed with pain, <laughs> and it was rain, and I didn't know where to go, Ken. You're not in the studio. I'm by myself. I had COVID. Uh, Aiden Pierce says, the one in 15 Dolphins. I was working on a presidential campaign in New Hampshire, watching on a small TV when Cleo Lemon threw the pass across the middle to Greg Camarillo for the OT win against the Ravens. I was in tears. That's what I'm talking about, about the that random Sunday afternoon in week 16, the Dolphins winning, beating Brian Billick and the Ravens on an overtime Cleo Lemon to Greg Camarillo throw <laughs> where you would have thought the, the 10,000 people that were in attendance that day going absolutely berserk. Uh, it was just such a release of emotion. And I'm not sure I've actually ever seen it again. Of all the Dolphins games I've attended over the years, I'm not sure I've ever seen an equal amount of of relief and jubilance that I saw 
winning one game in that 2007 season. Now, Noah DuPont has an interesting take on that. He says, here's the worst sports year of my life. You'll get a lot of 07 Dolphins here, but the real answer is 2006. The team had Super Bowl hype in the preseason, then just completely bleeped the bed, and Saban bailed for Alabama. That was the worst. And honestly... That's a good one. And that goes to my theory that you can have the worst sports fan year of your life, and it can be with a team that actually is competent, with a team that actually can play a little bit, but they fall short of expectations. You remember Sports Illustrated had a cover that said the Dolphins were going to win the Super Bowl in 2006, and they got off to a good start, and then things just melted down, and then the entire final quarter of the season was consumed by the rumors of Nick Saban and Alabama, and Saban openly lying about his lack of interest in Alabama. I get that. That's actually a really good one. Yeah, 2007 is the easy answer for that, but 2006, because of everything swirling around it and the expectations, might have been more miserable than the 1-15 in Dolphins year. Yeah, expectations can definitely make things worse. Things picking up over there at practice. Get a little concert happening. What's yeah, going on we're there? starting to get into uh, stretching here. By the way, I'm looking right at Glade Central Zone, FAU Zone, Craven LeBlanc as he warms up, and I think I'm going to make a declaration here. I think he will be on the roster coming out of the Cincinnati preseason game. Craven LeBlanc makes this team. How about that? Tell him I said hi. I will. Tell him I right will. now. I'll see if I can get him, get him to him. pop by. Get him right now and tell him I said hi. Do you but know how much trouble I would be in if I just walked to the fence <laughs> and started yelling Craven while he's, Craven! While he's stretching? <laughs> I would get kicked out of here immediately. Immediately. Uh, uh, you know it was nice one of the worst fan moments of my life, and it was a win because you're talking about winning? The Jets beating the Rams last year. Oh, man. Oh. But that kept them from – but you got your guy. You, no, I, you, I wanted Trevor Lawrence and I wanted <laughs> Justin Fields. I've just now lied to you and say I love Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach I probably Wilson. wanted Trey Lance before him. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you just went through the carousel of rookie quarterbacks and you would have been celebrated and bragging about whichever one went to the Jets. Now, speaking of the Jets, we're supposed to have Greenberg on next week, right? We are supposed to on Wednesday, yes. All right. I, uh, I have some things I need to tell him about how I feel about Zach Wilson. Oh, no, don't break his heart. Uh, I think we need to have a serious discussion because you and him are going to be insufferable, and I feel like if I don't make my thoughts known, I'm not going to get a word in the entire time. How long into the interview do I drop that I coach Jamie and Sherwood, the Jets' new starting linebacker? Uh, let's, let's write that down right now. <laughs> so Mike Greenberg, and you hear him right before us here, uh, Ken LaVega live featuring Coquel every day here on ESPN 106.3, and I just forgot the name of the show, and it's my name. Um, Greenberg, you hear him every day before us. He's going to be on next Wednesday here on Ken LaVega Live. Uh, so how, how much time before in that interview before Coquel uh, mentions he coached Jamie and Sherwood? I'm going to give it two minutes, two minutes over under. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Uh, so I coach Jamie and Sherwood <laughs> as you try to, try to go. Oh, my God, I can't right. wait. Then we're going to be like besties now. Me and Greening. Coquel and Greening. Jamie Greening and, and Sherwood? Coquel. Yeah. I don't need this Ken Levick Alive stuff. Earlier slot? I'll go on with Greeny. Be done by noon? Home by one? Oh, the more, I, the, the more I think about it, two, mid, two minutes is, I mean, there's no way you hit I can never last that long. Yeah, there's that's, I mean, in a multitude of ways. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. Here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. I am at Miami Dolphins training camp in Miami Gardens right across from Hard Rock Stadium. Coquel back in the end of John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. And uh, Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel is brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. This is my first time being able to see the uh, the new practice facility, the new training camp location for the Dolphins. I spent so much time in Davie over the years, and there are, within this Dolphins organization, so many former FAU MBA Sport Management Program students, and through the years, there have been so many that have come through here, and this has been one of their first jobs, or this is a job that they've been able to rise to in the FAU MBA Sport Management Program uh, here with the Dolphins. Uh, so, how do you get in a similar situation? How do you take advantage? Well, you got to take the courses first. You got to get the MBA in sport management. It's worth its weight in gold. That is your ticket. That is your red carpet 
to the sports industry. All you have to do is go online, fau.edu slash sport, fau.edu slash sport, and uh, sign up for spring semester classes. Get all your information about it. You can take them remote, take them on campus in Boca, but that's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Coquel is in West Palm. I'm at Dolphins training camp. We'll be here until 1. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like Tua's not going to play Sunday against the Bengals. Brian Flores, Dolphins head coach, announces that right before the team came out onto the practice field. I'm looking at him right now. I am down at Dolphins training camp. This is the final day of final training camp practice before things get real starting next week. The final preseason game is Sunday against the Bengals. That's here on ESPN 106.3, your Palm Beach County and Treasure Coast Dolphins home. Uh, and then real big boy practices get going next week in advance of the opener on the 12th against the Patriots. We'll have a little uh, Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, red light, green light in just a couple of moments. But I want to get to some tweets and also want to tell you uh, that Coquel who uh, is always busy and always scrambling too. So I want to make sure that he can properly tell you about what he's doing on Sunday. Uh, Coquel is talking cards. Coquel is hanging out with J-Mart Sunday. He's doing it on the air on ESPN 106.3, and he's doing it at PBKC. Coquel, tell him about it. The people at PBKC just get it. They tweeted out that me and J-Mart are going to be there, and they put J-Mart as the headliner, and that's the way it should be because there's no <laughs> one better than J-Mart. <laughs> oh, poor Coquel. The sports card market is exploding. Ken, come see yourself Sunday at the PBKC Card Show. That's the PBKC Sports Card Show all day from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on the second floor of the Palm Beach Kennel Club. Over 60 vendor tables, including signed icon. They will be there to buy sell and trade your cards great food a full bar let me repeat that a full bar door prizes and espn 106.3 with jmart and me best of all admission is free the pbkc sports card show south florida's premier sports card show and memorabilia show this sunday more info at palm beach kennel club pbkennelclub.com pbkennelclub.com ken i can't wait to be out there with jmart uh, and again, J Mart's the headliner. Yeah, I just want to make I mean, sure that that's abundantly clear. I mean, he's the headliner of the station. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the face. I, I think you could say. Um, who do you think the who are the the, the the top two biggest faces of the NFL from a player standpoint? Who are the two biggest faces in the NFL? Ben Roethlisberger has a big face. No, I mean like oh. not literally. I mean uh, as in promotion wise. Mahomes, Brady. Yep, perfect. I was thinking the same thing. So this is why I bring that up. So let's go ahead and say that Tom Brady is Lionel Messi, okay? So he moves on to a different team, much like Brady did last year going to Tampa Bay. That was seismic, right? That's something we talked about for days and days and days and days and days. It was the storyline of the season. Now I want you to think about if months after Tom Brady left the Patriots for the Buccaneers, Patrick Mahomes up and left Kansas City to go to play in Seattle. That's what's happening right now in international soccer because it's not just Messi on the move. Guess what just happened within the past hour? Cristiano Ronaldo of Juventus, he is leaving Juventus to go to Manchester City. Wow. And this furthers my point that there is nothing like international soccer. And Coquel bags on it, though I know Coquel deep down really appreciates big-time soccer because he loves sports and he just loves major competition with stars. And both my kids play soccer, but whatever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but but this is what we're seeing with that is unprecedented. And if you think that American sports are crazy with free agency and it drives you mad, European soccer is that on steroids and like steroids for decades so uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to Manchester City 
now. I mean, just, just complete chaos there in Europe. Let's go back to what we were opening the show with, the worst sports fan year of your life because the Orioles, Orioles fans are in it right now. Uh, they lost 19 in a row prior to last night where they finally beat the Angels 10-6 to to avoid a 20-game losing streak. They are 47 games under 500. It's just a crap year. They're having a miserable season. Um, but I asked, what is the, the, the worst sports fan year you've had? And uh, a couple of entries here on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm, about FAU. So this is right up my alley, Coquel. And I can, trust me, I can speak about FAU and bad FAU football in a a previous era. So first it came, the first tweet from Shane Bartels. 2011 FAU is the worst sports season of my life. Let me give you a refresher about 2011 FAU. That was Howard Schnellenberger's final year, okay? Are we still at Lockhart? uh, No, that was the first year at the new stadium, actually. So the first year at the stadium, Howard worked so hard to get it. That was going to be his farewell. That was going to be his last dance, okay? And uh, they decided to announce that Howard was going to retire at the end of that season, and that way they could get a coaching search underway right away. Unfortunately, what that did is that sent a lot of the assistants scrambling, wondering what their future was going to hold. Uh, they're going to start looking for jobs. Uh, it didn't feel like everybody was fully. And again, I I am I still am, am close with many of these people, but it just seemed like there wasn't a hundred percent full engagement. There was a lot of distractions that season. Whether it was the stadium, whether there was the status of their jobs, uh, with with Howard retiring. It just had a bad feel to it, and it started the first five games on the road, including going to Alabama and going to Michigan State. That Michigan State game, FAU had one first down in that game. It came in the third quarter, and that first down catch was immediately coughed up and returned for a touchdown. That's how that went. That's still one of the most miserable games I've ever called, that loss at Michigan State. Um, Ken, I just got goosebumps, by the way. The air horn. Oh, let me get to a practice field, please. (laughs) Uh, And uh, that air horn, by the way, I am at Dolphins training camp. Uh, Coquel is living vicariously through me right now. Air horns and clocks, and let's move it next drill. Get over there. Hustle. (laughs) Uh, So the season went on. It was terrible. It was winless. They mustered one win against UAB late in the season. It very much felt like uh, the 1-15 Dolphins beating the Ravens in overtime. And then then FAU came out the next week in Howard Schnellenberger's finale, and they got shut out at home by Louisiana Monroe to send Mm. Howard off. Like, the whole thing was just absolutely miserable it, it, it really truly was and it was sad it was miserable but it was also sad because Howard shouldn't have gone out that way and and he did and I hate the fact to this day that it had to end like that for him why didn't they give like a really really easy game at the end of the schedule wasn't there any way well, that to was supposed that? to be Louisiana oh. Monroe was supposed to be an easy game at the end of the I schedule. meant like like a d3 team or something or someone uh, out yeah, there I don't <laughs> think it definitely doesn't work like that <laughs> oh. uh high school scheduling and college scheduling but that's when FAU was in the Sun Belt and Louisiana Monroe you would think that that would be the yeah the easy good. game and it wasn't so 2011 FAU is a good one one that many of you probably don't know about but I could talk about that for years please Ken don't Ken LeVick, a live featuring Coquel. I'm at Dolphins training camp, and uh, Coquel's holed up in West Palm. Let's put Coquel to work, shall we? Let's get in to a little Greenway Kia. West Palm Beach, red light, green light. Time for Ken and Coquel to decide if they want to stop or go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Red light, stop. Green light, go. Red stop, green go, red light, green light, now you know. Red light, green light is driven by Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. All right, statements, not questions, statements coming from Coquel. And Coquel, why don't you, since you do it so succinctly and so clearly, lay out the rules for Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Red Light, Green Light. All right, so you've all seen the successful shows, the real shows, do buy, buy or sell. That's what we're doing. We're stealing it, throwing another name on it. We have a car oriented because Greenway Kia is the best, and we want to align with them and whenever we can. So now we have Red Light, Green Light. Red means Ken's selling. He's stopping. He doesn't like it. Green means he's buying. He's going. He's going. He's pressing the gas. Well said. I like the way you explain that. Why don't we get to statement number one? All right, Kenny boy. 
Red light, green light, with the Patriots quarterback Cam Newton missing a week of practice due to a COVID misunderstanding, Mac Jones will be New England starting QB week one. Just sort of feels like it now because the, the, the court of public opinion has swayed all behind Mac Jones. He, in practice yesterday, uh, went 21 of 23, including completing 14 straight at one point, I think is the number. Uh, and every Patriots media member was having a collective sports orgasm. I mean, it was, <laughs> if you would have seen Twitter, it was as if Brady had announced that he was returning. It was jubilant. It was uh, looking to the heavens and screaming, finally, our savior has arrived. It is unbelievable how uh, everybody that covers that team, and I think most fans, they have thrown their full support behind Mac Jones. Not that that's going to press Bill Belichick into doing anything rash, but Cam did not, unequivocally did not help himself by not getting vaccinated. By Even if you think the rule and the protocols are unfair, Cam Newton did not help himself at all by not getting vaccinated and having to miss the last five days and then coming back to practice today, just a few days before their final preseason game. It's starting to feel like with all the momentum and all the things you're reading on in New England and Mac Jones taking advantage of Cam Newton's absence, that it might be Mac Jones. I'm going to green light that. Oh, I'm going to go red light on this, Ken. Even though I heard Alan Hahn today during KJZ, his spot now from uh, 6 to 10, he said that Mac Jones high-fived Bill Belichick after a drive. Like, that's what's being reported. That's what we're doing. He high-fived Bill Belichick after a drive. Well, we know. Like, come know. on. Why, why are we overthinking this? It's the last preseason game, Ken. Cam probably wasn't going to play anyway. There's no difference. He was. It's not like he went out and went to a party. He was getting evaluated by the team. The team sent him there. He didn't break any team rules. I think it's Cam until Cam loses in the regular season, then it's Mac Jones. Well, we know that training camp is silly season. We get it. And uh, for for many of us, our Air eyes uh, our eyes are secondhand. Our eyes are secondhand, um, uh, and we're at the whim of the reporters and the journalists that are covering it. And, I mean, they're supposed to be objective, but you know, Coquel, that, that if, if Mac Jones takes over as starter, that's so much better for business, right? Like, having Mac Jones as the starter beating out Cam Newton and everything and the fallout from that, that's good. That's good storyline, good angle, good meaty uh, content covering the Patriots. And so I'm not surprised that there is things like he high-fived Bill Belichick or Josh McDaniels pumped his fist, which I've seen, making sure you throw out all of the ancillaries to really drive home, hey, readers, you should really, and, and, and listeners, you should really uh, be behind this Mac Jones push because we know that's what you want to hear. They're, they're playing in to the hype of Mac Jones, and honestly, that's business. I totally get it, but that's also why I think that because Cam, at the worst possible moment, got bitten by his irresponsible decision not to be vaccinated, that this is going to end up being Mac Jones' job. It just seems like this is a train that's unable to be stopped now. It's hard to stop a train. Um, but also, <laughs> if, well done. if Mac Jones starts, right, does that mean Belichick's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon? Because I feel like then he's resetting his clock. Where if Cam starts, I say, oh, Belichick just wants to get one more while Brady's still, you know, around uh, just to prove I something. Think, I think Belichick has taken a bat and smashed that clock. I don't even think that that matters anymore. If anybody who thinks Bill Belichick's job would be in jeopardy, I think he's just looking for some sort of soap opera that's not there. I think him and Robert Kraft are on the same page. They'll always be on the same page. And honestly, I think that's Bill Belichick's job uh, until he decides it might be time to, to get out. Like, I think it's a Don Shula situation there in New England. At least I think it should be. Uh, does he reset a proverbial clock? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. But I, I also think that for, for Belichick, there's no risk. There's no risk in kicking the tires on the rookie now. Like, what are the expectations for the Patriots? What do you honestly, Coquel, in your football brain of brains, what do you think the expectation is for the Patriots? Like a high-end 9-10 wins, right? With Cam, I think they can win the division. I think they can win 12 games if Cam's playing well. Yeah. I mean, they, I, they added I all these pieces. Wins. And then if not, then Belichick's a fraud and Brady wins. 
No, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is that I don't think there's any risk in starting Mac Jones, which is why I think Mac Jones might start. And the Patriots are ruthless. The Patriots, uh, they will go ahead and put someone in the line of fire and see if they can perform because, again, there's no risk of doing so. That's why I think Mac Jones is going to be the starter, and I think that that is a, uh, a green light. Red light, green light brought to you by Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Let's go to our second statement. All right, returning from an ACL tear, Bengals Joe Burrow will prove this year he's an elite starting quarterback. Red light or green light? Uh, red light. I think he's. I, I, I think he's going to have a decent year. But training camp has not been good for him, and the pieces around him, while improved, is Penny Sewell? Uh, I don't know. I really, I don't understand. They should have probably gone and built with the offensive line with Penny Sewell. They decided not to. They decided to go to a, a receiver. Why is that offensive line going to be any better than it was last year, where he was just peppered by bodies all season long? I, I think he'll be improved. I think he'll put up good numbers like he put up last year. But if he's going to solidify himself as a sure thing franchise quarterback, sure go. No, I can't say that in good faith. I just can't. I'm going to give that a red light because I don't see the improvement there that's going to help him succeed and stay clean. I see a lot of David Carr in his career. The Texans at one time, number one draft pick where they thought he was going to be great, but he just kept getting hit and his career never got on track. Let's stick with... Rookie quarterbacks in old red light, green light. Red light or green light, Ken, Jacksonville coach Urban Meyer and the league's rookie darling, Trevor Lawrence, will win five games this year. It's hard to see that based on what we've seen in the preseason. I don't want to put all my stock in what we've seen in the preseason, but I think it's a win if the Jaguars win three times this year. I'm going to give that a, uh, I'm going to give that a red light. I don't see them getting to five wins. And now you have problems in the backfield uh, with Lysfrank fractures and uh, your defense has not played well in the preseason. Your offense has looked completely incompetent. Urban Meyer in the second preseason game is standing on the sideline already looking like he has that my soul is dead feeling uh, like he did uh, at times near the end of his Florida Gators coaching tenure. I wanted to call him and be like, hey, Herb, it's okay. The NCAA is not coming. Settle down over there. Yeah. That's the look in his eyes again. Yeah, like, bro, you don't have to worry about the NCAA any longer. <laughs> they're they're out of your life. But that, that could not have been a more discouraging preseason for Jaguars fans who were going in feeling pretty pumped. And why not? You've got your franchise quarterback. You've got Herb running the show. And based on what they have done on the field, what a gigantic uh, balloon uh, pop in that spot. Like just all of this air and it escapes at once because you see what they've done on the field and you're like, what is this? This is not good, competent football. No, they're not going to win five games. Three wins for the Jaguars. That's going to end up being a successful season. That will be a positive benchmark, believe it or not. So yeah, I'm giving that a red light. No five wins. Yeah, maybe another first round draft pick for the Jaguars. First pick of the draft, excuse me, for the Jaguars next year. Ken, red light or green light? With the NFL enforcing stricter COVID rules for teams, there will be zero games being forfeited this year. Yeah, I buy that. That's a green light. I'd be shocked, absolutely shocked, if there were no forfeits. Now, I'd be shocked if there were forfeits. I'm sorry. So, that brings me to this, though. Today, you have Ryan Tannehill go on the COVID-19 list with the Titans. I would say there are at least half of the NFL starting quarterbacks that have not been vaccinated. We know Kirk Cousins hasn't. We know Cam hasn't. Uh, There are a number of these guys, prominent guys, Lamar. So we're not going to see forfeits, but what we are going to see are in pivotal games, backups Mm -hmm. having to play, possibly even third stringers having to play. Because if the Broncos got dinged last year with an entire quarterback room, you can't tell me that at the very least – Notable starters who are 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 blowing it by not getting uh, vaccinated uh, are not going to get caught up in contact tracing. You're just silly if you think that everything's going to be hunky dory. Uh, so there will not be forfeits. I'll give that a green light. But but caveat: there's definitely going to be some major 
big league quarterbacks that are going to miss games and pivotal players that are going to miss games because they have done poorly upon their team and their fan base. It's a good thing the Dolphins have Dwyer's own Jacoby Brissett out there in front of you today. Yeah, but I also think that two is vaccinated. Yeah, but I mean, you can still get COVID when you're vaccinated, I heard. Yeah, no, no, no. But but again, here's the point. Two is not going to get caught up in contact tracing. Yes, like, yes. That's what's so important about this. I honestly think that in it, it in the grand scheme of things, in, in life and in the world, the way COVID has wrecked things, this is going to come off as wildly insensitive. But the most important thing in, in the football realm is that if you get vaccinated, you don't get caught up in contact tracing and don't have to quarantine. Like, think how silly that sounds based on the big societal picture, but that is the absolute truth in college and pro football. Also, if you get COVID when you're vaccinated, there's a chance you have it like me where you feel better in four days. And it just felt yeah. like a bad cold rather than a, a deadly virus. And by all accounts, by multiple studies, you get a negative test after being infected while vaccinated quicker than you do unvaccinated if you don't end up being hospitalized. It, it, it subtracts, the virus subtracts quicker than it would if you didn't have a vaccine. And so two negative tests after you do come down with COVID if you're vaccinated means that you can get back on the field if you feel well enough, whereas 10 days, that is what you are mandated to sit if you don't have the vaccine for both contact tracing and for a positive test. So that's why it is so damned significant. All right, Kenny, last one. The trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home was released this week. Red light or green light, Spider-Man is the best superhero of all time. Uh, do you watch all that stuff? Do you watch oh, all I love that? Marvel. That's Marvel, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Marvel, Spider-Man. You don't Spider watch? Man. No. Why? I... Why? They're great movies on top of just being fun action right. hero stuff. Let me tell and you I wasn't a comic book guy. No, and I, I'm not. I am not a comic book guy at all. Um, but I don't know. I, I can't get into it. Like, let me tell you about my Harry Potter thing, okay? So I had always made fun of Harry Potter. Thought it was stupid. Thought it was childish. Thought it was ridiculous. And... Uh, I agree with you. I thought, it, I thought it was childish, too, Ken. I, I was there with like, Potter also. Go ahead, though. Yeah, it, it, I was there with Potter. I like how you call him by his last name like he's a quarterback. Hey, Potter, put the broom down. So um, I, uh, my wife made me watch the first one, and then I watched the second one. And before you knew it, in two weeks, I had watched all of the Harry Potter movies. So I'm not going to just smack down the Marvel Universe. I respect people who enjoy that. I just It seems like such a time commitment. You know what I mean? Like it, there's such a time commitment to get caught up that I'm so far behind, I don't know if I can do it anymore. But you don't have to because each movie you can watch standalone. They do a good job with that. Now, yeah, you watch them in order because it's more fun that way, and you want, there's a couple of them that you can't, like the actual Marvel ones, but all like the Ant-Man is by itself as a movie, the Spider-Man is by itself as a movie, Black Panther, you can watch just Black Panther. But if you want to get into the actual Marvel trilogy, then you have to watch them in order. But the rest, they stand alone on their own, and they're just fun action movies. Is there, um, is there nakedness? In the movies? I mean, Hulk's shirt comes off when he rips oh. it off and he turns yeah. into the Hulk. Right. big. I mean, it's not urgent unless there's uh, like a payoff there, but that's just me. There's Marvel OnlyFans is what you want? Got it. <laughs> uh, um, so as far as Spider-Man being the best superhero, uh, no. That's a, that's a red light. Does he have the best movies? Yeah. But that doesn't you don't even watch the movies. You, this is that is the typical. Ken I've, seen, I've seen the. No, you no, just no, said no, 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 no. You just said you don't watch the Marvel movies, and you just said Spider-Man has the best movies, Ken. That is you in a nutshell. Okay, I, that is your career. I saw the two Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, and that was good. So then why would you that. stop? I, I enjoyed it more than the Spider or the uh, Superman movies with uh, Caviezel, Henry, Harry, Harry, Henry. That's because you went to DC. Know. DC movies are terrible. Stick with Marvel. We're gonna watch Black Panther together. So, so are you asking, is Spider-Man the best Marvel superhero? Or the no, best superhero just superhero period? in general. But if you're going to stop watching movies because you started watching DC movies, I mean, Suicide Squad had a shark man and a, a polka dot guy in the new one. Like, get out of here, DC movies. Stick with Marvel, Ken. I got you. But the air horn blew, and that means we need to go to the next segment. Okay. Uh, and by the way, Superman is the best superhero. It, it's in the name. No, he's not. Red light. I mean, he wears a pair of glasses and no one knows who he is. Dumb. <laughs> like, who is that now, guy? That Where is did Clark Kent go? Now, that, that is a, it. Like, how in God's name do they not recognize? Like, again, he put on glasses in a suit. 
and they can't recognize him compared to the guy that they see in the Superman suit. And that why? is wildly unrealistic. And why would he go for Lois, who he sees falling all over him when he's Superman, but doesn't like him for who he truly is as Clark Kent? Like, get out of here, Lois. <laughs> Listen, man, it, just because just because he's a superhero doesn't mean that he has doesn't have low self-esteem, okay? <laughs> you need to be understanding of someone and their feelings. And I like how we're pointing out Clark Kent and Superman and nobody being able to delineate the two as that being unrealistic when yeah. Superman flies and has x-ray vision. Well, have you ever seen an alien come from Krypton that couldn't fly? No, so of course it's realistic. <laughs> Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. That was some sort of edition of Red Light, Green Light brought to you by Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. That's where I got my Kia K5 GT. It's where you should get your Kia automobile as well. The selection, superb. The service, superb. The financing and them looking out for you and them trying to make sure that you are in the best possible situation to uh, find a comfortable monthly rate and have a car that is great for your family. Well, that's what they do at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. They're my people. They'll be your people, too. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Go in, ask for Mike, ask for George, ask for any one of their outstanding representatives. That's Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Check them out beforehand online at GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Tua Tungavailoa will not start against the Bengals in the preseason game on Sunday. Most of the starters will sit as well. Is that the right move for Brian Flores? Is that the right move for teams across the league? We'll discuss that when we come back. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm Dolphins Training Camp, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Spend your lunch with Ken by calling 888-760-3776. It's Ken Levick Alive. Here's Ken Levick and Chris Coquel. Waiting for the exhale. I need to talk about Auburn head coach Brian Harson for a moment, but uh, let me tell you about the Kendall Big Alive featuring Coquel podcast. It's free, and you get it wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, and subscribe to it. Get it right to your device every single day. It's right there for you. Couldn't be any easier. Kendall Big Alive featuring Coquel podcast every single day. Again, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Let us be one of those favorites. And again, it comes to you every day after 1 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, so, Jamie and Sherwood is one of your, your proud pupils, Coquel. Mm-hmm. Now, the for now, starting inside linebacker for the New York Jets. And yes. it seems like he could conceivably be in a position where he could be the week one starter. Is he going to be the week one starter? Yeah, the starter's out for a bunch of weeks. So unless he has a terrible performance Friday, I don't see that changing. And even then, they're pretty high on him. Jensen beats his own Jamie and Sherwood, and Coquel coached him in high school. Uh, and Jamie and Sherwood went to Auburn, and you are familiar with the Auburn program. Uh, new head coach, Brian Harson, who uh, I knew first from Arkansas State and then went on to Boise State and now is taking over at Auburn. Well, the last several days, Brian Harson has been absent from practice because he is seemingly not vaccinated. He tested positive, says he doesn't have any symptoms, has not revealed whether or not he's vaccinated, uh, but because he's been gone for several days with no symptoms, Coquel, you know what that means, he's not vaccinated. He's a personal choice guy. Yeah, that was exactly, exactly. So I want to tell you the story of uh, Chandler Wooten, okay? Chandler Wooten is a, a very important piece to this Auburn team, someone that is looked upon to be a captain on this team, a linebacker, a starter since his freshman season. Chandler Wooten made the decision to opt out last year because of COVID-19. Brian Harson yesterday said when meeting with reporters that he had questions about Chandler Wooten before he met him because of his decision to opt in, uh, he, to opt out. He questioned he was, his commitment. Quote, questioning his commitment. Exactly. When you see that, Brian Harson, non-vaccinated Power 5 head coach, in one of the pressure-packed jobs with a roster that has not hit 85% vaccination rate, talking about questioning the commitment of another player, what does that make you feel? I tweeted out yesterday at Real Coach K. I mean, for him to say that not getting the vaccine is a deeply personal choice that needs to be respected, but then question someone's deeply personal choice to not play during a pandemic to make other people money, not even himself money, to make money for people who 
don't really care about him and been using college athletes forever. And he said, you know what? Let me be safe, be with my family. Who knows what situation he has at his house that he could have brought COVID home? The coach is an absolute clown. He's yep. a clown. I tweeted yesterday, the clown emoji. You see that on at Real Coach K? That means I think that person is an absolute clown show. And Harson, I have now lost all respect for the Auburn program until he's out. I mean, I cannot, I cannot fathom how, who does he think he is coming in and questioning the commitment of a player who had every right to do what he did. He was given that option to opt out because of public health concerns and then unvaccinated Harson, who is putting his team at a competitive disadvantage because he is not able to be there in the midst of a quarantine, an avoidable quarantine because he's not vaccinated. Question his commitment. Whose commitment actually is failing mm-hmm. here? Because it definitely seems like Brian Harson. But this is also the same guy in Brian Harson who says we're a blue-collar football program and we don't use the elevator. We take the stairs at the oh. team facility. Like he's that guy. That is the worst. Even Jerry Jones came out recently and said that you know not getting the vaccine is isn't a team decision. Being a team player would be to get the vaccine. So like there are people who think like if if you want to talk about team commitment and team player. It would be more to get vaccinated so you don't hurt your team. I mean, I, I'm i at the point, Coquel, honestly, where fine, just just don't get it. it you're, you're making that decision. You're the one putting yourself at the most risk. Oh, Ken, you have a 99% chance of surviving it. Well, the statistics all say that you are, in every study done since last summer, that you are infinitely more protected with the vaccine but that's fine if you're not going to get it don't get it but then if you're not going to get it and it's not just public health it's because of rules and because of the protocols that have been set forth you are putting your team at a disadvantage because of god knows what and you're going to sit there and question players commitment when you haven't fully committed to your team by getting the vaccine get the bleep out of here brian harson's such a phony i'm with you I, I I don't know a ton about him except where his stops have been, but I've seen a lot about his character in the last week or so, enough to know that that guy, I wouldn't want my kid playing for him. No, he doesn't care about player safety, and he clearly doesn't care about the kids. If he's questioning someone's commitment to not play to be safe, but then is okay with people not getting something that makes the kid safe, he's, he's a clown. He's set in his ways. He's, you, know, you know what he is. And you I mean, juxtapose that against Saban who is saying, hey, we got to get the, the, the team with its shots. You juxtapose that to Lane, who has 100% vaccination. You juxtapose that to Dan Mullen, who from the start has been talking about, yeah, get vaccinated, get the vaccine. And then you have Brian Harson, total clown show. Bad look, Auburn. Really, really bad look. That'll do it for us from Dolphins training camp. I see Tua right now. I see Brissett. Dwyer Give us some play-by-play. I am not doing that Why? because I want to be able to come back in the oh. NFL. If that happens, the NFL still has my contact information, Coquel, and then ends up being a very bad thing. Can for I me. give the play-by-play? All right, Brissett drops back. He's looking deep. Oh, he hits Albert Wilson. Touchdown, Dolphins. Bam. Uh, he Practice. actually did. Uh, there actually was a pass that he just threw. I'm not going to identify who caught the pass, but at first I thought it might have been Halbert Wilson, and I was like, "Why well, are you a witch? And just uh, in case anyone was listening, I don't see it. I made that up, so let's not get in trouble. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, you're in the studio. Uh, so, again, Dolphins, Bengals, Sunday here on ESPN 106.3, the final preseason game, two in company. Well, two is not going to play. Brissett and company will be uh, in action against FAU's own Trey Hendrickson and the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll be back in studio tomorrow. We'll have some fun. It'll be a fun Friday. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levicka. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye-bye.